real real quick before we get going here okay what what year class reunion is this i think it was 15 okay because don't they say that they're 30 they said that they're somebody said that once they turned 30 once you hit 30 so okay that person is already 30 hold on a second i can't imagine terry hatcher agreed to playing older than she was but terry would have been around 32 at this time which would have been perfect for a 15-year reunion oh look at you thank you math lois and clark is our jam we're talking about terry dean and superman we'll cover it all at least we'll do what we can and now it's time for the show Welcome back to Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman. Uh, I'm Matt Truex here with a fun-sized episode. It's a, it, we're shrinking down. Uh, we have a bit of a time crunch as we're recording here. So fun-sized episode. Got a little we bit have, of shrinkage. Yeah, a little bit of shrinkage. Yeah, not too much. Don't worry, but we'll be back next time. Um, but here with Craig Byrne of Krypton Site. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. I'm here for a short time. Uh-huh. <laughs> you are here for a very specific reason. Because from the moment I met you, one of the few things I knew, not few things, obviously I've been on your sites for forever, but one of the things I knew about you was you were on set for this episode of Lois and Clark, were you not? I was, unfortunately. No, <laughs> unfortunately. Like, it let's... was March 8th, 1996. Yes. You're it already setting the scene for me. Thank you. Um, Sicily, 1940. Yeah, really. No, <laughs> but truly, like, let's get into that for a second, because there's not much to talk about with this episode. Um, what, like, where were you in your set visits? Like, was this your first time on set? What, like, what was this whole experience? How did you guys get in there? Well, the previous year, some friends and I from the Krypton Club, as we called it back then, it was a little newsletter we sent out on AOL. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the Warner Brothers studio tour. I think we sent, like, chocolates to dean and terry or something like that i can't remember exactly which but through the tour or like or just like through their agents or whatever okay i don't remember how or why whatever to say but we we did the tour so the tour guide ended up getting in trouble because we passed the lois and clark filming area more than once okay and ended up uh talking to dean and justin whalen outside this was december and are they on the back lot or they shoot yeah, like, they you the like by their spot. So okay. this was December 95 or so. And um, I used to know a set designer from the show and she invited my friend Dan and I. Dan also did the Krypton Club newsletter with me. Mm-hmm. He's on um, the he's on the well with you. In, yes, he's on the well. Ultra Woman. Yes. Yes. And uh, she we got to see like them filming in Lois's apartment for a second, just Dan and I did, okay. I remember afterwards. But anyway, so we had done the tour, um, but when I planned to come back in March 96, I just pretty much asked Brad Buckner, I was like, hey, would you like to do an interview for the Krypton Club newsletter? Is one of the EPs. And so we did an interview and he had the brilliant idea of why don't we just invite him and his friends onto the set? Amazing. So we got to hang out on the set for uh it, it was a group of five of us two of them were with me okay. and two of them were the infamous friends that i know we've talked about before who knew i think it was like the set guy around the time that the ship disappeared ah okay yeah so i think they were even suspected i know they weren't because i was with them the whole time they, they didn't yeah. yeah but okay yeah but um this would be around that time that the spaceship's going to disappear because they're going to need it in like two weeks those two were already on set and then the three of us were on set and we got to watch them filming and there's a scene where um perry's like what's everyone standing around for in that whole thing everybody starts shuffling around well after like the second or third take of it uh somebody says let's get the fan club guy over here and i walked by in a shot really but they didn't use any of my takes oh i was like how have you never mentioned this <laughs> yeah no they didn't use any of my takes but i like even dropped something on the ground so i would be on on camera longer you know it's probably because i never <laughs> signed a release oh Think that makes sense now. yeah 
not that you're uh, ever going to cause a stir for being on your favorite show at the time. No, but yeah, so we got to do that. And I'll tell you, the Lois and Clark sets, like, I mean, I still prefer the season one sets of the Daily Planet. Oh, you mean the actual? Okay, yes. Yeah. And, you know, somebody actually asked me on set that day, like, which set or which version do you prefer? I was like, I actually like the season one version. And he shook my hand in agreement, which was, <laughs> I don't know that person's name. But I remember Chris Rupenthal, one of the writers for the show, was on mm-hmm. set at the time. Um, I mean, it was great because, you know, the sound stages weren't that far from the production office. Right. And uh, yeah, so after I interviewed Brad, you know, we went to the set and got to watch them filming. I remember, I remember we were all very shy about approaching Terry. Okay. Like we didn't- Because of reputation at the time? Because people said, uh... Um, I don't really know, to be honest. I just remember we, I, I think there was a general consensus that she's just very professional and doesn't want to be bothered until she's done. And we respect that. Yeah. And I do remember because we must have talked to Dean earlier in the day. We talked to Lane Smith. And you would, again, you would talk to Dean at least once before when you were there. Yeah. And I had a photos from the season three photo shoot. So I got them both to send out. I also got Terry to sign the photo of like her in the red blankets, which was like the satin blankets. Now, of course. Photo of season three. Um, Oh, excuse me. I was thinking the. the you know the cape wrap one you mean the one where she's like laying down in the yeah 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 yeah. and actually those photos came from the woman who ran the abc section on aol her her name was abc amy is what we called her back then that was her screen she's come up on your visits here as well yeah so we visited her before we did the set visit thing and she gave us a bunch of photos cool yeah, so cool. yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, was and, this mind-blowing? Like, this must have been the first TV set you were ever on, right? Well, I mean, I had been on the set a couple months earlier when we did this. Right, but I mean, like, still, to be kind of an invited guest to yeah, a day of filming your favorite show. To go to the set of Lois and Clark is, like, something that I would have dreamed about, you know, when I was a right. kid. I actually think I did have dreams where I was on the set of Lois and Clark. and I, I, Absolutely. It's It was kind of surreal, too, because certain things were different than you would expect like you know they didn't really use the walkway up by the window too often Mm -hmm. but it was so cool to see in person (laughs) um perry white's office was tiny yeah like it was like a closet it was like they really did a lot with that little space and you know i mean that also made it more noticeable later like when i would watch like the early episodes and there were a few extra rooms in the daily planet that we're not yeah. around later. Um, I really loved uh, Clark's loft set. We visited that at another time. And I mean, and then Lois's apartment with the fishbowl, of course. Yep, of course. Uh, which was still in this episode that we're going to be talking about tonight. You know, yes. They weren't officially married yet, which is kind of weird. I'm mean, just to jump ahead. I feel like the Lois Kent part of the story was written for a reality where they actually did get married before. Oh, really? Like I, that feels like something that I don't know. I like that as a like kind of wedding present for for uh, Perry. That's like what, that's honestly my favorite part of this episode is the Lois Kent thing. Even though we did have the season one finale where she's like Lois Lane Kent. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, whatever. But anyway, anyway, so let's let's talk about this episode let's. and the horrible high school reunion. Yes. Let's get into it's a small world after all. Written by Pat Hazel, an actor, and Terry Hatcher, an actor. Um, this is, to my knowledge, the only time she contributed story ideas to Lois and Clark. Am I incorrect? I believe you're correct. And also she didn't have the same luck Dean did because I feel like most of Dean's episodes were very well received. He got a twofer, yeah. Like he got Um, greetings, virtually destroyed. Let's let's talk about received here too in a second. Um, Directed by Philip Skriskia. I've had to say his name so many times. him for Supernatural. Yeah, he was a producer on the show. He directs a billion of Lois and Clarks. Aired April... 28th 1996 um mr craig yes 
what I've been doing lately is catching up with the the Nielsen ratings for the show at the uh-huh. time. Um, we started the wedding arc damn near a series high in, in the 20s, maybe even in 21 million people. And that was and, February 11th, correct? Uh, sure. I'll trust okay. you on that. Okay. Uh, and then there's a steady decline, uh, especially when we get into the amnesia stuff. And we landed last episode at 16.9 million viewers via Nielsen ratings. So I would like to put an unfair question to you. What do you okay. think our ratings were today with uh, It's a Small World? 14.3. Okay, you, you went a little low, but the, I respect the Price is Right rules. We're at 15.4. <laughs> okay. So we, we, lost, we lost a solid million plus since last week. Which well, part of the feels issue right. was when these episodes aired. So if this aired the end of April, mm-hmm. the fake wedding was the beginning of February. Yes. Yeah. Steam That's was like, gone. So there were so many breaks. Like I know there was at least a three week break between episodes at one point. Mm-hmm. So everybody was just waiting anxiously for like a new episode of Lois and Clark where Lois at least remembers who she is. Right. That was really painful for the audience. And actually, when when I was on set, one of the things I overheard was Terry <laughs> telling somebody, ABC wanted to continue the arc for like seven episodes. Can you imagine two more episodes of that mess? Bizarre. Oh, so that, is that where that comes from? I've yeah. read this on redboots.com or not. Yeah. Net. Yeah. So like Terry, Terry wasn't happy. And I, I feel like a lot of people weren't happy. So I think this episode might, have been better received at the time just because it was Lois remembering who she is. Yeah. Well, that that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, was this not just refreshing to be like, even though it's this episode, even though it's a villain of the week that you don't really care about and it's just like shrinking Superman, like it must've been nice to just get back to normal for a second. Yes. And and really it was the only normalcy we had near the end of the season because Zara and totally. the next episode. Pop up next. Yeah. And, you know, I, I will say the, the biggest win during that time, though, as a fan, personally, was the end of Oedipus Rex when she punches Dr. Deer. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, okay, Lois is back. Thank yeah. God. Um, so, yeah, it just, we were waiting anxiously. And I'm so <laughs> glad that we got our Lois and Clark back. Unfortunately, I feel like this was the beginning of that, like, season four kind of writing for the show. Yes, totally true. Because like, you know, this is a fun sized episode. Let's not go beat by beat here. But let's talk about our villain and our villain plan, shall we? We've got Annette Westman in this episode. Uh, The seemingly bullied girl from Metropolis High, Go Lions, that never got the attention. So has decided to be all small about it and shrink her classmates so that she gets more attention. Like, it's just so very thinly written you know yeah sorry and, terry um, sorry terry and you know i i was amused by snoil the name of her company okay spelled backwards that i forgot and it was cute but yeah. like the reveal of that so for anyone that doesn't remember this episode and you will be forgiven for not remembering this episode they are the metropolis lions in the first scene we have a close-up of the lions yearbook that that clark is looking through and then as a part of uh, like once again, Annette is a science witch, and we haven't had a science witch here on Lois and Clark in a while. But she's created some science potion that shrinks people when they use her shampoo or whatever. But as a part of this like recovery plan for the the classmates that she's shrunk in, you've got Snoil extermination that goes in and picks up the little people, and Snoil is just like lion written upside down and we only we realize that when Lois looks at the yearbook upside down I thought that was like the one clever moment of the episode to be honest well I thought it was interesting that her exterminator friend the first time we see him he looks like a chef and I was like is that Gordon Ramsay oh totally because he is also he's he's Hans you know like there's a lot of oh sorry madame you know yeah um and then I I felt like they got this Elizabeth Ann Smith because Molly Ringwald wasn't available because totally. they looked a lot of like, but this is like the Hallmark Channel version of, or the Asylum Pictures version of Molly Ringwald. Asylum Pictures, that's about right. She hasn't <laughs> done too much else. She was in an Everybody Loves Raymond. 
She was in a third rock, you know, she was in a Murphy Brown, but it, like not too much. Oh, she was in Minority Report, by the way, which kind of blew my mind as a technician. But I'm guessing that wasn't a very big role. Well, I mean, good for her. Um, <laughs> but And then like Steve Young, the football player, was in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I see his name mentioned in any like sports ball articles, I'm like, he was on Lois and Clark. I know who that is. I said, mm-hmm, like I knew what you were talking about. But I now realize that that wasn't the character's name, Steve Young, was it? Yeah, no. Yeah, he was the football player. Whoops. Okay. Uh, And then we had... um, That explains his acting, by the way. That's the guy that Lois was into from from high school, right? Or like wrote something about her ass in in her yearbook. Oh, touchdown pass. You have a nice ass. Yes, that. All of it is just so very simple to me. I also like knowing that Terry wrote this episode... I was like, the use of Superman here is someone who doesn't care about Superman. By which I mean, like, there's kind of no thought to the physicality of it. Like, um, it's a cool shot, right? Like, Clark is in the bathroom about to use the potion science shampoo there for a second when he hears over the radio that there's uh, a volcano erupting Hawaii. He zooms out the window And as they pan across the bathroom, it is like five seconds, but you hear the radio going like, oh, the humanity, oh, the devastation. Oh, look, Superman's here. Oh, he fixed it. Thanks, Superman. And by then he's back in the bathroom and showering again. And I'm like, it's cute. And I like what you're doing here, but also it makes no sense, like, you know, powers wise. I did think it was very cute. There's one moment, though, where he takes off and he's small. And you see the shadow. Yes, I think it was. I thought that was kind of cute. It's like a yeah. Mighty Mouse action going on. You know? Let's get into small Superman here in a second. But yes, I, I did like that um, as well. Like the whole kind of playing with how small he was, uh, was fun. But like, again, I mean, I guess there's nothing else to talk about with this villain. She's given it all she can, but it's just kind of very thinly written. She just wants to be popular. You know, she just wants to be noticed, right? And also, what do we think of the visual effects in this episode? Because I know they were trying to represent that Clark was smaller, maybe with certain camera angles, but it didn't really take. Like, he was still taller than Terry in certain scenes. He was still taller than Terry, but he was tall. He was smaller than Klein, Dr. Klein, in a few. And you know, Klein is small in German. I did not know. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is the hard-hitting knowledge that you're on the podcast for. Um he was smaller than Klein in some shots, which I thought was cute. Um, I, I I liked the general gag of like put Dean in a giant suit and let him be like, why isn't it fit? And he was like, well, I can't I wear my shirts anymore. Like that, I was that surprised kind of for me. though that when his clothes shrunk, the Superman costume wasn't visible. That was oh, I didn't think about that. Because that would have been funny. Then he would have had to cover up. That would have been the cute stuff for him to play too. Yeah. What did you think of really, and then we'll get back to Small Clark. What did you think of the explanation for why the suit is shrinking with him? It said something to do with the aura around him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's right from the comics. That's the reason why, like, when he gets shot, it doesn't go through his... Right, but would it shrink with him? I don't know. The idea that, like, his leather boots and his cape are shrinking with him seemed kind of ridiculous to me. But I understand why okay, they had to Matt, do it. you've handled, you've been around the, the costume. <laughs> Those things are expensive to make. They weren't yes. going to make a tiny version of the suit. Well, it was that. It was yeah. totally that of like they didn't want to make a version where like he has to rip a piece of the cape off and wear that around it. You know, like I get it, but yeah, it was it was such a like throwaway line at first. Then I realized later on, I'm like, oh, because they want a tiny Superman because they want him to be able to wear the suit and do the Silver Age thing while he's that little. Yeah. So and they want to do a little Mighty Mouse. Although you know, it would have been really cute is if they like did a little makeshift superman suit from like a, an action figure oh my god that would have been because great. they had the little dolls in the dollhouse when you know they're like yes. a navy seal which was also one of my favorite lines um but you know you could have had that and you could have had him you know just that would have been superman so cute if he put on a little like like mega like you're saying like yeah. that would have been awesome that's all i wanted from this and that wouldn't have been expensive to do because those suits looked kind of cheap you know no just buy one from like a costume store down the street you know like then you're then you're all set 
Um, but, you know, who knows if they would think about these things? They probably didn't know we'd be watching this show 25 years later. Right. And also, it's, again, it's Terry Hatcher and some actor friend writing this episode. So they're not looking too hard at the Superman mcguffin stuff. Like this, I mean, you, know? you should be thankful that Terry wasn't just going to put him in humiliating situations. Right. Though but she did, she she did make did. him small. Yeah. Yeah, like I did like uh, it was very obvious that it was Dean up like up against a very large picture of Terry. But oh, I did that's like that so shot. funny when he when little baby Superman, little baby, little shrunken Superman comes and visits Lois's apartment, and she's talking to him and can't see him, and and he's like talking to this giant poster of Terry Hatcher. I think that's great. There's a great still from this episode too of him just like with his hand on her lips, you know? Oh my gosh. I mean, it looked so much like a blown up photo though. Yeah, totally. But, but it, it also, it. it's the I dream of genie stuff that I'd want from an episode of Lois and Clark where he's little. I wish they did a little bit more of that. Like I loved, where the hell is the Lego couch from the, the dollhouse that they're in? in this you know like that little set is so cute to me like i wanted more of that type of stuff yeah that was very cute um i was just gonna say that one thing that was very obvious though about the giant terry Mm -hmm. is watching the show in high def it's more noticeable when they do little tricks like that like yes i know when they're flipping through the yearbook and you saw lois lane like the name lois lane was darker than everything else like it was clearly just you pointed that out to me, and that was a good get. But <laughs> I assume also, like back to the, that yearbook, I assume that was an actual small or small. That was an actual young picture of Terry, right? Oh, it was for sure. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, that's cute to um, me. There's your there's your love boat mermaid shot right there. She had her love boat mermaid hair there. Yes, sure. but uh, yeah. So um, there's also somebody else who in this episode, who played a cowboy whose brother was famous for playing a little cowboy. Okay, you blew my mind with this before we started recording, so why don't you take those? I, you're the one that confirmed that it was him. So okay. Jim Hanks, brother of Tom Hanks, is the cowboy in the little dollhouse. Is the, is the shrunken husband of whoever that is the cowboy. That blew my mind. And also, like, the cowboy costume, and this would have been around the right time right i think toy story was 96 or 97 yeah if not earlier like this this is almost must have been a reference to woody because he's got the little red scarf and you know the hat and the the vest and all that like it's it's close it's also funny to me that like a hanks is in this episode and they didn't feel a need to give him a part that had more than he couldn't have had more than two lines if he had one right yeah, I don't remember, but again, I feel like a lot of the guest stars in this episode were pretty random. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, they were saving the guest star budget for their new Krypton art. For when you have to get Terry's husband in. Yes, absolutely. Or replace Terry's husband for the season. Premiere. That costs money too. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. Um, so let's talk about some more small Superman stuff here. There is... You know, he takes the, he uses the shampoo. It doesn't work on him right away, which I love. I love Hans sneaking into his apartment and and leaving, um, or, you know, being chased out by a Clark that isn't small yet. You know, I thought that was and, really and cute. I like that Clark had to assure him he didn't see anything. Right. <laughs> and shout out to Clark's morning routine. It's been a while since we've seen a Clark morning routine. That was nice for me. Um. But there is there is a midway point between like what I'll call the genie size, the honey I shrunk the kid size, mm-hmm. and full size Clark that we don't get to see here. And it's when like he visits Lois, he tells her to meet him at the Daily Planet at night, and he's like hiding behind the water cooler. And we see a shot of him that's really close near like a big water cooler, but he seems to be like three or four feet tall here. And it's like this is the size of Superman I want to see. Like this is almost like the like my pal doll size of Superman that I would have loved to see them pull off my buddy excuse me yeah (laughs) and I would have loved to see them try to pull off but they they they, like he's kind of too ashamed and you know wilting to let her see him here it's interesting 
I had another thing I wanted to point out about this episode uh, mm. that was from the set that day. So the day that I was on set was when they did all the Daily Planet scenes. And those who have seen the infamous Lois and Clark blooper reel, one of the bloopers was that day. Uh, Perry was talking about how he couldn't dance right with his new girlfriend. He was like, right. It's like, oh, I guess I couldn't. And then he goes, oh, I forgot my fucking line. <laughs> you can leave that. <laughs> but uh, it just, and everybody just started roaring with laughter. You know, it, it was a good moment. And it That's really, cute. You know, like it really set the tone. Um, I think everybody loved Lane Smith. I mean, you, you can tell by the way they look at him, even when they're acting opposite him. Totally. And, and yeah. So that's interesting too. You were saying you you were there when they shot all the Daily Planet stuff. Like, were you there when they shot this like Lois alone at night? No. Uh, when I say all the Daily Planet stuff, I mean when everybody is there. All the bustling day yeah, Daily Planet stuff. I actually stuff. have a photo somewhere oh. at Clark's desk Ooh, where they have okay. the nameplate, not the Lois Kent nameplate, but the Clark Kent nameplate. And it's funny because I have a picture at Clark's desk from Smallville with the Clark Kent nameplate. Perfect. Oh, okay. Well, we'll try to find that and get yeah, that up when we'll this episode goes up. Okay. Um, let's talk about Perry since you brought up Lane for a second. Um, this is the type of Perry story that bums me out. Like, A, Jimmy has nothing to do in this episode except, like, interrupt them with some facts every once in a while. But then Perry is just, like, dating a line dancer off camera so he's going through an urban cowboy phase as Lois puts it and it's just like this is nothing to me it's such a bummer to see Perry go through this you know like knowing that he's Perry White what, what were your thoughts on this? Well how obvious was it that that was not him dancing? Mm. You mean the close on his feet as he's doing the little line steps there? Exactly. Yeah total bummer but it's just like you see you know I, I've been on record here that I'm less a fan of a version one of this show of season one than I am of later seasons but like season one gave Perry some some teeth you know whereas this is just like he's just kind of a joke and it's it's, it's like he's it's a, a bummer in a tv show about them exactly since he said that he hasn't had something good to play besides like Alice left me because of this note I didn't find soon enough in my coat you know like it's a bummer but it was weird how they wrapped it up later in the series. Oh, bizarre <clears throat> that they just kind of threw it away. Yeah. Yeah. What did what did Jimmy do in this episode? Yeah, like nothing. He he came. He interrupted a kiss at the bullpen at one point, and then is that his only scene? It might is, be. Is he in a group scene later on that I'm forgetting? Quite possibly, but it's it's a bummer. He doesn't have much to do. Doctor Klein. Go, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, here's a question for you. What was Dr. Klein's first name? It was Bernard, right? Bernard, yeah. Because in his first episode, he was credited as Dr. Peterson Klein. Really? Yeah. I've never seen that. That's yeah. interesting. Or never caught that. I think that. it was the script for Don't Tug on Superman's Cape, which I think was his first appearance. Well, they certainly, I mean, like, I don't know when they first say his first name on camera, but I, I don't think they've done it yet, you know? Okay. So who knows when that that retcon came in? But yeah, he's he's Doctor Bernard Klein. Um, I know by like Toy Story they say it, but and probably before that. But yeah, um, um, but that's a ways down the line. Here we're we're trying to finish off season three. Um, Doctor Klein does have some great stuff in this episode, though. Like I I, I liked him dealing with with the Superman side of things of him losing his power and whatnot, and like I I love. Yeah, Superman goes to him and like we said, like Dr. Klein must be on Apple boxes because he's taller than Team Kane in a scene. And then Superman's like, you know, like what's going on? Like, it's okay, Doc. You you can be blunt. Tell me what's going on. And Dr. Klein's like, think of yourself as a snowman. As the snowman melts, it has less, it has less and less to protect it from the effects of the sun. Before you know it, there's nothing but a puddle and a corn cob pipe. Oh God, too blunt, too blunt, too blunt. I knew it. You know, like it's such a cute little moment for him. I, I thought that was nice. Like I, I really, I've always dug um, Kenneth Kimmons' performance here. Um, I love that they had that character kind of recur in the final two seasons. Yeah, he's great. It just builds that universe. And I wish there were more characters like that because it was like Lois and Clark had no friends. 
that was a problem. And like, where the hell is Star? You know, like, where yeah. did she go? Um, where is Lucy? Where is where is anybody? Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally Where's with Kat? you. Where's Cat? Where <laughs> the hell is Cat? Um, Cat's left. Cat's in National City at this point. But yeah, you know, we have we have very little for Perry and Jimmy to do in this episode. But at least they give Doctor Klein some stuff. At least they do a few little things for me in this episode. Like, I don't know about you, I kind of like Lolo as Lois's nickname <laughs> yeah. in high school. Like, that's always stuck with me. Except for th- it was kind of awkward when uh, Annette is like, what Lolo wants, Lolo gets, Lolo has this, Lolo has that. It's like, oh, oh I feel the song coming on. I loved the what Lolo wants, Lolo gets moment. Oh, no. But basically, like, you know, there is there's so little plot to talk about. She's shrinking these high school, uh, either her nemeses or more likely their partners so that she can see the pain that the nemeses are going through and like be their friend for a second. You know, it's all about becoming popular with the people that hated her, I guess, in high school for a bit. Uh, and they never really say what Lois did to her. Did you notice that? Like the the one guy would never have dated her. The other woman teased her a little bit, but like they never, they never straight out say like, yeah, Lois was a bitch to her or whatever, you know? Well, like I it's think it's odd. another example of her wanting to be friends with Lois. Maybe because Lois was just so great. Yeah, exactly. Like if Lois's partner disappears, Lois would come to her. But I I also like wonder about the logistics of all this. Like, does she expect to keep these people in the little dollhouse forever? What do they do? Because that cat's going to, where do they go to the bathroom? What do they eat? That cat's going to break through that pencil window at some point. (laughs) That was a very cute pencil window, though. Yeah. Oh, again, the whole set's great. Like, I'm here for all this. You're talking so, to the kid who would spend hours at in Disney World at the Honey I Shrunk the Kids play land yeah. or whatever. Like, that was what I was all about. But I really did like the bit where Clark is a Navy SEAL because that kind of protects his secret identity. Yes. And it's just funny. He's like, I'm a Navy SEAL. Because I'm you. a Navy SEAL. Yeah, it, <laughs> he's stopping himself from saying Superman. I guess because we can't let these people know that Superman got shrunk because that's too quick a leap to Clark Kent is Superman. Yeah, and also there's, you know, I mean, we didn't know that Annette was going to shrink herself and have her eye melting moment. Right, right. So he's got to protect the Superman thing. It was just a weird moment to me because like, it's funny, by the time he's protecting people in that final scene, and we should talk about that in a second, but like, he's back in Superman garb, you know, and I was just like, hmm. Maybe, maybe he didn't have to shrink down to save these people, but it does give those cute little Navy SEAL moments, which, which well, I that was enjoy. one of my favorite parts of the episode. Just totally. The humor of it. Totally. Uh-huh. I enjoyed them using tiny Superman to his fullest potential. Like in that finale scene, in that final confrontation or whatever, like Annette straight up shoots Lois point blank in the chest but you see a little blur of Superman getting, you know, into their blouse there. And they don't even say it, but like, clearly he just, he took the bullet, you know, like he stopped the bullet for her. And then you see little Superman pushing a big couch and, you know, taking the net out. Like that stuff is really fun to me. That, that, like you said, that mighty mouse uh, planning of it all is fun. In 1996. Yeah, it's impressive. That type of thing is is fun to me. Like using their limitations to make a silly show, but it delivers on those little moments there. And I like too that the, you know, the villain is done in by her own goo there. Like you know, the the shampoo breaks on top of her, and seemingly she shrinks into oblivion. I guess. Yeah, probably. But you think she would have prepared for that, like worn like anti-goo shampoo or something she should have had anti-goo shampoo instead of winding up in like the quantum realm or whatever she's she's shrinking down into season six episode that was honestly a thought i had was like okay well she could return in fairness and then because there would be so much demand for her return yeah and then terry can get a bump that character existed until i watched this episode oh totally it's a completely (laughs) dismissible character um the biggest bummer for this episode for me is that the Lois and Clark relationship of it all is kind of forgettable too. In in there, in there, when he's small, he doesn't 
he kind of ignores her, you know, like he doesn't want her to be a part of it. He doesn't want to show himself to her. And I get it. I get that there's an ego thing for him, but it's also like, you know, she kind of calls him out on it at one point. Like, you know, you don't think I can handle this. What does that say about your, your thought of me? You know, like they've been through technically worse than those. Yeah, but I mean, especially when you're about to get married, I'm sure there's some insecurities that you have. And this kind of, especially considering what they just went through for three months on TV. Yeah, that's fair. Um, You know, like, she probably was just, like, feeling left out of the whole thing. And he probably didn't know how to deal with it. It's it's almost like one of those things, uh, I know science here, but, you know, Superman is impervious to magic. And it was kind of like magic, like Superman, you know, was affected by something that he couldn't control. Science witch, yes. Science witch, yes, you are correct. I'm, I'm right there with you. Now, That's brilliant, Jimmy. At the same time, the, like, the gem that you can mine from this episode, for me, is the Lane Kent, or Lois Kent little story and discussion they have, where, again, Perry gives her the Lois Kent nameplate for a desk and you're like, oh, you'll need it eventually. And she is, she is hesitant and kind of denies it. And I love her rambling speech to Clark of like, I, I just like, I, I know you have expectations of me and I don't want to blah, 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 but I love this name. And it, it like, you know, it's what I built up for years and he is completely cool with it. And it's one of the moments where I'm like, I've got no rewrites. This is awesome for okay, me. Okay. So I do have something to nitpick about that scene hit me if perry is the one that gave them the gift which i had completely forgotten yeah. is it a little tasteless after their wedding didn't get pulled off that yes. give that to them <laughs> like isn't that kind of rude like it oh, is that wedding you... didn't get to have i'm gonna headcanon that he was gonna give it to them after the wedding mm-hmm. all this shit went down he had amnesia <laughs> it's been sitting in his office he can't wait to get rid of this gift bag and the minute she's back he's like oh good you're here well you'll use it eventually there <laughs> that's fair but yeah i was just like isn't that a little like it's like here's a picture of your kid who died or something like that it is a bit yeah like yeah you know like i, I don't got know you a monica and briefcase for that job you already lost you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know i mean that's why I still feel like maybe this was written before they knew the wedding would not work out. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I've read the rumors that maybe the wedding was going to be real or whatever. But like, my the thing I always go back to was like, didn't they say that they were going to do the wedding at the same time as the comics? Like, there was the, the synergy wasn't lined up for it here. Yeah, I don't know. I do know the week of the frog clone wedding. Um, I believe was the issue of Action Comics where Lois and Clark broke up for a couple months. And then DC, See? yeah, DC had to rush getting them back together by October 6th. Right. So uh, also I should point out, we're recording this only two weeks after Lois and Clark's 25th anniversary. Wow. Is that real? Yes. October 6th, 1996. I'm a bad podcaster. I didn't even post about it, but that's, that's impressive. God, this time I'm not kidding. Like I remember us doing stuff on the little AOL area for ABC for the first wedding. Like we had like a fake wedding party or something. That's adorable. Chat And yeah, it, it, honestly, it was a fun time to be a fan. I mean, it wasn't fun getting like the bait and switch with the weddings and all that, but right. I mean, back then we didn't even like the only time you'd get to see a trailer was after the show. They weren't after posting the that show stuff online. You know oh, what I mean? oh, like, like next week on Lois and Clark. Yeah, like we weren't getting promotional photos every week like we do for shows now. Right, like we just had what we had, and uh, you know, we did have our Krypton Club spoilers. But, so so at this time, like you're coming to the end of this episode, you're coming to the end of the season. Like, yeah. do you know that new Kryptonians are coming up in the I second? believe we did know. Okay. But I do remember there was a weird tabloid report that summer. I think we talked about that before. Yes. Suggesting that Dean was leaving the show and he was going to get hit by a meteor in the face or something. Right. That's just... It was clearly not true. Dumb, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we knew about the finale. I do think they did release a photo of Roger Daltrey with them. 
Okay. That picture of them back to back with him. Yeah, the like Tez. Yeah, with him, him and his claws up and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, we. I mean, we knew very little. Like, I mean, obviously, when I was on set for this, I was just happy to see Lois remembering who she was. Right. You know, see Terry playing the Lois that you know. And this was March, so you know we were still seven weeks out. That also implies they did all these visual effects whatever was needed in seven weeks that's impressive that's impressive especially considering how long this stuff took back in the day yeah and next episode they're going to need a model and space and shit you know like it's going to be busy and the darth vader well that will wait for season four on that but yeah oh okay never mind um (laughs) anyway uh i liked i liked that part of the relationship stuff here i like that it's kind of it was not an issue at all for sometimes having issues clark kent for her to keep his name her name excuse me for to not take kent as the name um and then i liked i liked their ending here where you know like they fly into her uh, apartment and like he promises not to push her away and she goes for the pinky promise of not to get in trouble anymore and then fakes him out and you know like it's just kind of cute to me like i like how it ends and then he pushes her away and goes out to space the and then and then leaves in two weeks to go to space yes yeah but um yeah i what what i really liked about the relationship stuff that you point out is how much i feel clark respected lois as a person absolutely like, like that's what i'm responding to here absolutely he truly loves her yep and he respects what she'll come up with and you know i mean I mean, she said she spent years building up this name, Lois Lane. Lois Lane is a force of nature, and that's why he loves her. Yeah, that's great. And I, I like, I forget the line exactly, but I like him, her being like, you know, like uh, I, I, I am attached to Lois Lane. He's like, I am too. You know, like it's okay. You can stay Lois Lane. I don't care because I fell in love with her too. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. It, it yeah. just hits me in all the all the right ways well, and then did the you, day we would call that warm and fuzzy feelings i know yes that is that is uh, absolutely what it would be um <laughs> did you catch this quick kind of um stunt they do at the end when they fly through her window though no it's a one shot them coming to her fire escape okay. the camera pans past or like you know quote unquote through her wall uh-huh. And then they're inside the apartment. And I don't think it's a cut. I think they are on the little cherry picker thing. Yes. That they would be on. And that the whole like floor basically of the bottom section of the window is cut out so that they can have them just go in and be dropped off inside the set. Like it is, it's seamless and it's nice. And I had to watch it two times to be like, nope, I think it's this. And it's just, I like those little gags that they do. Every once in a while, they take the time to do something theatrical like that. And I appreciate it. Very cool. Yeah, nice little gags where like, they're not Superman and Lois. They don't have the budget to do like convincing CG, you know, <laughs> Lois and Clark flying down. So do this, have fun with it, you know? For sure. Anyway, that, that'll that bring us to the end of our recap of this fun size episode. Can I ask you a couple questions here? Okay, right. go for it. What was your favorite use of Superman in this episode? Huh. For I me, it is certainly had the tiny Superman take off and you just saw his shadow. Yes, I think it was after the they fight. Yeah. Oh, the the like mid-sized Superman. Yeah. I just thought that was cute. <laughs> Although his like sonic boom made the same loud noise, which it might not if it was that small, but but it's a little bit quieter, I oh, thought, in the mix. Yeah, it was yeah, cool. it was cute That's to awesome. me. I thought that was nice. That um, and I'm a Navy SEAL. That was uh, totally fair. He wasn't in the suit. That counts. The little little him taking off is probably the right answer. I also like the no exposition given. You know what just happened. The whoosh of him into her shirt as she gets shot. And then the smoking bullet. There was just some cool practical effects in this. The, you know, the smoking bullet in her jacket. There was like the smoking plank of wood with the two eye holes that Dr. Oh, Klein like had that. of like, like oh, oh, I guess your powers are fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's the rest of you, that's a mess. Um, I like that. Was this a good episode for Lolo Lane? 
I think we've seen better. I mean, she had better, more fun interactions with a character like Linda Lake in season one or whatever her name was mm-hmm. in The Rival mm-hmm. than this Annette. Like, I didn't really feel like a history between the two of them like we should have felt. I but agree. I Go did ahead. like the relationship stuff, but I always like that. So Yeah, I agree with you. And it's weird because Terry wrote this. You'd think it'd be more of a, uh, a Lois character piece. But it's really not. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, for Clark, was this a good episode for Clark? Well, I mean, pushing Lois away yeah. was probably not his best move. No. Um, I do like, you know, obviously his response to the nameplate, and that sort of, you know, what she says about the name. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, I think we see some fun scenes. Well, I guess most of his fun scenes were as Superman, but as Clark, I think it was just the relationship stuff, really. And I mean, like, he didn't really do much other than that. I mean, I guess he shrunk. Yeah, I guess it's it's, it's kind of middle of the road, isn't it? Like, again, the, the nameplate is perfect, but then the rest of it's kind of whatever. Well, it also crossed my mind that he's going through this. He's shrinking and he doesn't think to call his parents or something. That was my thing. I'm like, I'm surprised that the Kents aren't in this episode. Um, but we're paying for a Hanks, I guess. So, you know, we don't have time for Kay and Eddie. Um, was it a good episode for Superman? You know what? This is so much like a Superman cartoon. Yeah. That I think it kind of was in a weird way. It's like I'm in the same place, said, dude. Terry, can you tell can you tell a fun story about Superman? It's like, yes, I'm gonna make him shrink. He gets super duper small. It feels like like something someone would pitch and be like i've heard it a million times please it, what else do you have it also feels like a children's show episode like a power yes Rangers, yes totally Andrew, like there's nothing wrong with that but i almost wanted the little puppet like i remember talking power rangers i remember the little rita repulsa whenever she'd shrink down it'd be a little small and like yeah. I, I wanted that here with superman um but i love him i love him being tiny and and scooting around and like i said the idrimagini sets and pushing the couch and you're absolutely right i think photo of lois (laughs) yeah for for what they had to work with i think they did well with the the however simple it is the concept of superman is shrunk down but still has to be superman you know yeah cool and on a scale from one to ten this is this is the moment of truth here what would you give it's a small world Ordinarily, I would give it a three, but since Ooh. I got oh. that, I would give it a four. Oh, that that might be the lowest rating we've ever had. I'd have to go back and see what it's not. Brian said a few times, um, but now I can't find a reason to not do that. <laughs> I'm, I'll do this is complete middle of the road. Who gives a shit episode of Lois and Clark? So I'm going to give it a five. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Well, wow, man. Thank you for adding something interesting to this episode with your on-site visit. It was just a little bit. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. A tiny amount of trivia. This, this Susan-sized episode Yeah, really, really appreciates it, dude. Um, hey, Krypton site still exists. Yes, it does. And I've just posted a lot of stuff for the Smallville anniversary. That yes. That turned 20 last week. That, that is nuts to me. Because yeah. that means I'm old now. We're all old now. Yeah, fair. Um, let's let's blow that up a little bit. You've been doing some very cool interviews with people that were attached to Smallville. I just read your Miles, uh, excuse me, Miles Millar and Al Goff, who created the show, and are now shooting the Wednesday Adams show, which is yes. another huge, huge thing for me. Like, I can't wait to see that. Like, that must have been great. When was the last time you talked to them before those? Um, I talked to Al maybe like four years ago. His wife had that Smallville jacket for me. The one that you've seen me wear that you have the same. Oh, the, the crow's jacket. Yeah, 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 yeah. the crow's jacket. So I went over to their house one time and I ended up talking to Al for like half an hour just off the record. Oh, that's but lovely. But I haven't interviewed Al since my season seven book, which wow. would have been 2008. Wow. So it they, was so they... cool they blew you up hard at the end of that oh. interview. That was sweet. I turned red. It's a good yeah. thing. Like, it's a good thing I didn't share that video because that would have just been awkward. Yeah, no, that was really cool. Yeah, they were so nice to me. And I mean, I owe them everything, really. Like, you know, 
Krypton site would not have existed without their cooperation and their encouragement. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, I mean, I could have just stopped with Lois and Clark, but I just kept chugging along. Thank God. Teenage Clark Kent project in the year yep. September 2000 and then came out. And then um, now there's another Superman TV show on the air like where they actually could shrink Superman and like make it look <laughs> really cool. I make bet. it look awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's it's cyclical. I mean, I. I would love to see Terry play Lois again someday. I don't know how. Oh, me too. I don't know how either. Because like, as of this recording, Dean just recently shot himself in the foot again. I'm actually kind of surprised that like when they did Crisis, I know they had enough guest stars when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths, the DC TV crossover. Of course. But there was that scene of like Earth 75 where there was a dead Superman and Lois on, above him. And they just used Bitsy Tullock. That would have been funny to see Lois mourning somebody wearing a Dean Kane Superman costume. That to see our Lois. Yeah. yeah. But she wouldn't have, I mean, like, I wouldn't have wanted to come back for just a silent thing. Well, you know, yeah, like, true. I mean, I would love to see her opposite Bitsy. Oh, absolutely. I am all for a a Terry cameo without without Dean again, especially I if, mean, if it's her Lois again. Yeah, um, thanks for having me on again. I oh my god, it. dude, like, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Again, everyone should find you on Krypton site, K site TV, anywhere else that those are the that's where you can find me. You can find everything else I do from there. Um, but yeah, I'm ha- I'm still having so much fun writing about Superman TV and especially doing the Smallville content. Yeah, like, you know, it would be a dream. I'm just gonna put this out into the universe for. 2023 i need to try to get that elusive deborah joy levine interview oh my god that'd be incredible i was just gonna say i'm putting that out to the universe right now when that comes along if you need help coming up with some lois and clark stuff for the site you let me know yeah that would be fun that would be fun um you know just because i have questions yeah i think i I would i i personally as a fan and someone that came up watching your sites would do anything for a Krypton site byline. So okay, you let, well, me, you let me know what you there. need. By oh. the way, have you ever seen um, at the Paley Center, they have the Lois and Clark Paley Fest from 1994. And it was no, before Deborah Joy Levine left the show. So she's talking about season two as if she's a part of it. <gasps> I would love to watch that. I might have to take I a visit there. I remember finding it really fascinating at the time. Yeah, that's cool. So... All right. that's, that's a recommendation for everybody listening right now not just for you no anyone right in now. the la area or, or yeah. maybe it's in new york too i don't know but take a look um till then follow k site tv follow krypton site keep up with what craig is doing and uh you're already here so you're following everything here that you need to and uh, check out the always hold on to smallville patreon uh for zach moore and i's coverage of the flash the 1990-1991 series uh, that we've been doing every month and having fun with um but till next time we're coming at the end of season three people i can't believe it but till next time i've been matt truex i've been craig burn bulk off everybody we'll see you next time Whoa. Whoa.